Hi, I'm Mike Namoff from Player FM, and I'm listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Hi, welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. It's me, your host, I'm Paul Kemp. And it's with great pleasure that I go and find some of the best co-founders, entrepreneurs, anyone who's doing some interesting stuff. And today I have a great guest lined up for us who's going to take us through his story of how he's got to be part of this wonderful app, uh, an app that I wish I'd found a long time ago, actually. Uh, And so it's with uh, great pleasure that I introduce Will Sachs. Uh, Will Sachs is the co-founder of Kindara. So it's a a very easy name to remember. Just go to the App Store right now and uh, download Kindara or actually search that on Google. And it's the first thing that pops up. Uh, Will, it's great that you could join us on the App Guy podcast. Thanks for having me, Paul. Good to be here. Could you give us a few minutes just to talk through, um, you know, how you actually ended up with this uh, company and the app idea? That uh, that would be great to get started with. Sure. So Kendara is a reproductive health tracker for women, and primarily it helps women who are trying to get pregnant actually achieve that milestone of conception. Uh, It's also used to help women avoid pregnancy, uh, women who prefer to to not be on hormonal birth control or to not get an implantable form of birth control. Uh, Kendara is an option that's used by many women in that situation. Um, And from a higher perspective, it's really a window into what's happening inside a woman's body hormonally. And how did I get into this? So about three years ago, me and my wife had just started dating. And we started to have the birth control conversation, you know, where I, I said essentially, okay, we're going steady here. What are we going to use for birth control? Uh, are, would you be willing to go on the birth control pill? And she said, heck no, I was on the birth control pill for a decade. It screwed with my body. I'm never going back on it. And I said, well, how about an IUD? And she said, no, I had one of those too. I hated it. I had it taken out in six weeks. She said to me, why don't you get a vasectomy? And... Uh, and I thought, hmm, okay. And I went and researched that. And then I, <laughs> I came back and said, no, I don't think I want to do that. It seems like it's not really reversible. I may want kids someday. So we were, we were actually at an impasse, Paul. And then she introduced me to fertility charting. She said, here, there's this method that we can use to avoid pregnancy that is very effective, over 99% effective, and has no side effects and works. And I said, that's BS. You know, I I just straight up didn't believe her because I had, you know, I'd been through health class and I considered myself an educated man on the topic. So I essentially just didn't believe her. I said, there's no way that there could be an effective way for women to avoid pregnancy that I've never heard of. This sounds like the rhythm method. I know the rhythm method is like 60% accurate. Uh, So no, I'm not into that. And then she gave me a textbook, about a, a 400 page textbook called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And I read the whole thing. And that was an awakening for me. I realized that not only did I know absolutely nothing about how women's bodies worked at the age of 28 or 29, but I realized that there is amazing complexity in there and that it's actually possible for us as women and men to work with that complexity and to really understand what's happening in a woman's body every day 
to see if she's ovulating, to see when she's ovulating, to see if she has a progesterone problem or an estrogen problem or a thyroid problem and work with her hormonal cycle to get whatever result you're after, whether that's trying to get pregnant, to avoid pregnancy naturally, to understand a hormone problem. And so I was just amazed. I said, this is incredible. How, how does this exist and I never heard of it? And why aren't there really sophisticated tools to help women manage this hormonal complexity and live in harmony with their cycle? Because you know if men had this kind of complexity, we'd have all kinds of crazy tools and gadgets and software to help us manage this stuff. But there really wasn't anything available for women. So I said to her as the entrepreneur, I said, there's a business here. We should, you know, let's create the future of, of women's health that's based around the data that women's bodies are generating. And she's, she said, yeah, you think there's a business? And I said, yeah. So, so then we, we set off and that's how we got started. This is a wonderful story. And again, it reminds me of why I set this podcast up because uh, just to meet co-founders like yourself, Will, who are uh, just literally looking at the problems that are around them, their own experiences, and then deciding that you could change the world because of your own particular you know, issues and things that you're facing, and then bring the world a, a fantastic app that solves that problem. And that's what I love about this podcast and meeting people like yourself. So let's go digging into this story then, because you know it has a specific um, uh, impact for me. I mean, you've been very open at the start of the interview where you were talking about uh, how you know you found it up with the, with the idea and i've gone through a similar thing um, my wife and i we did uh, struggle to have kids ourselves and uh, you know to have an app to help us go through that would have been uh, much easier than uh, you know going through all these uh, these calendars and all these other things that we were trying at the time we did end up we did end up falling back on the ivf but um it, it uh, so that's why i'm really fascinated by going through this so uh, what, what, uh, what's been the response from the users that have been using this? Uh, very, very positive. We, we really set out to empower women, to, to give them information and knowledge in an area and a time of their life when that information and knowledge was lacking. And, and you probably experienced this as you, were, as you were going through your own experience trying to conceive. There's there's a lot of information out there. A lot of it you don't know if you can trust or not, and not a lot of it is personalized to your own specific situation. So we really wanted to give women a window into their own bodies and to empower them to understand what's happening exactly with their body, where they are, and the situation that they're in. And so we get a lot of feedback. You know, we're doing about a about a hundred women a day use Kindara and successfully get pregnant. So we're doing about a hundred pregnancies a day right now, which is which is amazing. And, <laughs> okay, okay, let's just figure know, this out. So you're measuring success, not with the downloads of the app, but the number of right. uh, babies. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's wonderful. Wow. I mean, how life changing is that? I know we've got this huge amphitheater here in Colorado called Red Rocks. It holds about ten thousand people, and we just passed back in February or. Or January, ten thousand pregnancies. So we, we were all picturing red rocks filled with pregnant ladies, you know, smiling pregnant ladies. How, how does that make you feel? I mean, that that really is. Um, I mean, we all talk about why do we do this, and you know, a lot of um, uh, co-founders talk about having a, a legacy, a purpose in life. And what what is amazing is you've filled uh, a complete stadium full of uh, effectively newborns. Yeah, yeah, and that feels great, and. And what, you know, the, 
what what makes me the most satisfied is that the way we did it is by really empowering individual women to understand what's happening with their bodies and in their situation. Um, and we see that in our comments and in our app store reviews when people write in, they say, this app's amazing. Uh, knowledge is power. I've learned so much about my body that I didn't know before. We had one the other day that said, that said essentially that, and I said, I will be using this app for the rest of my life. Thank you, Kendara. And those are the ones we share at our weekly meetings because that is really us accomplishing our mission in the world, which is empowering individual women. Um, and the reason that I care about that is because I, first of all, I'm a huge fan of women. I love women. I have a wonderful wife who adds so much to my life. I have a wonderful sister and mother and female friends. And I think that we still live in a society where there is a lot of sexism and lack of opportunity for women. Um, and I think empowering women in this way that we're doing is one part, you know, one small part of solving that problem and, and getting to a society where men and women are equal partners and, and contribute their own unique gifts to that partnership. I mean, it's made, we could take this conversation uh, in many different directions and immediately what I'm thinking of is, uh, you know, your user base and, and how global is it? It's about 75% American in the US now. And then our other top four countries are Canada, UK, Germany, and Australia. And mostly that's because we haven't localized in other languages, so we're English only right now. Because um, I can imagine that, yeah, I can imagine that you actually end up uh, being, be, you know, when you talk about empowering women, I mean, there are parts of the world where women are very um, restricted with, um, uh, you know, I guess, um, access to this type of knowledge. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Saudi Arabia, for example. And uh, you can imagine like the difference it could make to some parts of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love I, I love that possibility. You know, I want to translate into into all the languages that we can and, and get into those places of the world where this this could literally be a lifesaver. And so, uh, okay, so then you're, you're um, getting a lot of these users. Uh, how's, um, how's it spreading in terms of the, the downloads? Is, is it, do you think it's word of mouth? Are you doing a lot of advertising to get the word out? Or is it, is it purely from word of mouth? Yeah, I think, I think it's been word of mouth because we haven't really done any advertising um, to date. You know, we've got a website and a blog. We're approaching 400,000 downloads now. And if you look at our growth, it started, you know, we launched in May of 2012 and then it started with a trickle. We got a handful, started getting a handful of downloads a day. And then that's just steadily grown uh, over, over time. And so now it's, we're getting multiple hundreds of downloads a day and, and yeah, we haven't done any advertising. So I really think it's, we built a product that served a demand in the market and, served it in a way that for at least for some women, they really had a really positive experience using Kandara. And then they probably have, are talking to their friends or to their healthcare practitioner about it. And, and it's spread, I think mostly word of mouth and virally from women to practitioners and then practitioners back to women. Um, so it's, a, I, I feel a little embarrassed when people ask me that question because I, I don't have a good answer. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think no, I think I think you've just answered it. Where the fact the fact is, you're not uh, advertising it, and so you know you're getting all these uh, downloads, uh, and, and, and and that's really important because a lot of us in in the Appster tribe, a lot of us do focus on 
uh, analyzing to the nth degree the uh, where the downloads are coming from, trying to figure out you know ways to increase our downloads. And I'm guessing what you're doing at Kindara is just really focusing on the app itself and the and, and the usability of it, making it wildly useful for women and empowering women. And then the, the marketing takes care of itself. Yeah, that's it. I, there's a great diagram by Seth Godin where he's got it's called the circles of marketing. And he's got, you know, on the inside, like the, the very center of that circle is the product. And then around the product is the tribe. Uh, and then around the tribe is more conventional marketing. And basically what he says is if you don't have the, the inner ring of the circle working, you can't move to the outer ring. And we've taken that on by just really focusing on the product and, and having that mentality that the product eats marketing for breakfast. And that if we nail the product, um, the marketing will take care of itself to a certain degree. But now we're actually at a point where there's not that much more we can do with the product. Um, I mean, there is, but the product can now stand on its own. And so now we're thinking, okay, how do we expand out in that circle? Like, what can we do to unite our tribe and to start doing some more targeted acquisition activities? Yeah, I was going to say there's a tricky question now, and I don't know where we stand ethically, but you know we've got to talk, I guess, about how you monetize the um, the endeavors. Uh, I mean, it's great that you're going through this, uh, um, you know, in terms of the mission to to help women and empower women. But you said at the start that you, it could be a real business, uh, and how how can this be a business for you? Um, you know, where where do you think you can monetize the web, where, uh, the app? Yeah, well, we've we definitely have tried a number of things and learned a lot from that. We had a subscription model at one time and that proved moderately successful. Um, so that's definitely a possibility in the future. There's also, we're now seeing ties being formed between certain companies that have approached us and want to get in front of our users and practitioners who want more patients. So we definitely see those two avenues as ways that we can monetize our relationships with our customers by referring them to products and services and by referring them to practitioners. And then over and above that, we're also working on a connected device that will tie into the app and, and make it easier for women to use the app. So that's that's our main focus right now. Okay, so what I've got written down here on my as I was making some notes uh, during our conversation is wearables. And, yes. uh, you know, <laughs> just we've just gone through Google I.O. and there's been a huge emphasis on wearables. I can imagine that you're incredibly excited by this whole development. It's very exciting. I was looking yesterday at some data for an investor pitch that I was working on, and the uh, the fitness tracker space grew 700% in 2012 and 700% in 2013. So if you look at that on a graph, it's just it's an incredible line. And I think the whole wearable space is it's it's now like this is the year. Everyone's saying this is the year of wearables. There's been about a dozen release that I've seen, um, and yeah, I think that's. It's, it's, it's a really exciting time to be thinking about, wow, there's all this data. We can do amazing things with this data and we can collect it passively. And, and we're, we're thinking along those same lines too at Kandara. Yeah, as I was going to say, so uh, what sort of uh, conversations have you had about wearables? How could you integrate that with, uh, with your app, Kandara? Well, yeah, there's, so there, we're, we're making our own connected devices. Um, I can't say too much more about them because we haven't announced them yet. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, if it helps, then this podcast is going to be aired um, the middle of August, 
So um, I don't know whether uh, that uh, works with your timelines or... It's, it'll be close. <laughs> okay. So, so that's, I should probably keep my mouth shut. Yeah. This, well, that is the, the good thing about being a co-founder is you always get into trouble with, uh, you know, perhaps um, saying something you shouldn't. So we don't want to get you into trouble, Will. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, if you want, we can but skip. Over, but Paul, over and, above our own, over and above our own wearables, there's also all the ones that are on the market. And we're starting to see... We're starting to see connections between Fitbit and you know all these apps that can integrate Fitbit's API and map my fitness or um, my fitness pal's API and all these wearables are starting to have open APIs where the data can be shuttled back and forth uh, and now HealthKit's just been announced and so all that data might end up in HealthKit so it's a really exciting time to think that any wearable no matter who makes it that data could end up in multiple places. So if, I, if I'm a woman and I want my Fitbit data to end up in my fertility tracker, that's, I think that's going to be a reality. Uh, have you got any insight what you think Apple are going to do? Because, I mean, I think the market, well, I mean, we've seen a huge uh, push towards uh, wearables from Google, you know, given that we've just gone through the Google I.O. And what, what do you think Apple are, are doing? Because I think a lot of people are just saying, look, you know, I'm not, not really going to buy this uh, watch yet or this Fitbit. I'm just going to wait until see what see what Apple does. Yeah, it's a, I, so uh, this is all speculation, but I know Tim Cook, uh, when asked about the iWatch, he, he said to a group of people, Every, everyone who's wearing a watch, put up your hand, and almost nobody put up their hand because the watch has been replaced by the phone. And so people of my generation generally have phones, they don't have watches. So to go back to the wrist seems like a bit of a regression. But at the same time, there's this very close partnership between Nike and Apple, and Nike seems to be phasing out their fuel band. Apparently, they let go most of the fuel band team. Um, so that could be that could be a signal that maybe Apple's working on something similar or much better that goes on the wrist, and Nike didn't didn't want to be in that business and compete against their partner Apple. So I really don't know. <laughs> yes. uh, I, wish I, I wish I had a better answer for you. Well, I guess uh, time will tell, and yeah, speculate and and think about this stuff. They're really good at that. You know, it, it's for it's for companies like us and, and other companies to emulate the kind of launches and the speculation leading up to the launches that they're able to generate. Yeah, they do get a lot of, um, I guess, uh, buzz around the September time when they start to um, promote these um, these new products, and uh, yeah, well, time will tell. So. Uh, you know what? What um, I guess, in terms of um, you, in terms of what we do on this show, will is that we tend to try and think of other app ideas that uh, the Appster tribe can maybe build, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we do this is we either ask you straight out, you know, I mean, you've got a lot of creativity, a lot of thoughts uh, going on there, obviously on your own app, but do you have any app ideas that you're willing to share with us? Uh, if you have, great. If not, then we can, we've got another way of getting a fleshing out an app idea with, from you. Uh, one thing I've wanted for a long time is I want to just take a picture of what I'm eating and I want all the nutritional information to be entered into you know, parsed out for me and then put in a form that I can understand. I think somebody might have already done that. Like I've heard some rumors about that idea. So you take a picture of your meal, that picture would get sent to somebody somewhere who is probably in a lower wage country. uh, And then they would figure out all the nutritional information and, and enter it back in. So that's one thing that I want in my own life. That is very interesting because we had the uh, co-founder of Kronos 
uh, on this show as well. And one of the, the big things that seems to be coming out is the ability to have an app that sits in the background, but then is, is incredibly useful for helping us make decisions. So Kronos, for example, was uh, sitting in the background, but uh, make, giving us uh, data to say like how, how much time we were spending at work, how much time at home, uh, how much time exercising, and uh, you know, just trying to make uh, ourselves informed so that we can actually change habits to be become healthier and that's cool yeah so i'm just thinking like in terms of uh you know i can imagine the future where you're walking around with google glass maybe and it just uh, identifies the food that you're putting into your mouth because you're actually looking at it and uh it will um collate all that information and then tell you at the end of the week uh you know you had this much sugar and uh, you went above the you know the average on this occasion and, and just give you a load of information to to uh, really help you uh, live a healthier lifestyle that's cool. I'm going to, yeah, I think that is the future. So is Kronos available on the App Store? Can I download it now? Yeah, yeah, you can. I think it is, yeah. I mean, um, and I'm certainly happy to introduce the co-founder to you. And uh, they were very inspirational uh, episode, that was. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, there, there you go. There's an idea anyway, um, that uh, an app that would somehow uh, identify the foods that we're eating by just simply uh, taking an image of it, uh, which we all do anyway. I mean, we all take pictures and put them on Twitter. So, <laughs> and, and, and then it would, uh, at the end of the week or the end of the month, give us a, a summary of all the, uh, the foods that we've eaten and uh, give us maybe a score on how healthy we've been over that, that month with food. Yeah. And the other thing I want to Paul is I, so I'm, I'm like a quantified self kind of data nerd and what I really want, and I don't know if this exists yet, but I really want a dashboard for my life. So I want to be able to take my long-term goals, you know, like my five-year goals, enter them in somewhere, break them down into one-year goals, break those one-year goals into quarterly goals, break the quarterly goals all the way down into daily. You know, what should I be doing every day or every week or every month? And then have have one dashboard that lets me track all that stuff. So it helps me take my my 30,000 foot life plan, break it down into tiny steps and then track those steps to track my progress towards what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. I would love and, that as well. I think that is an amazing idea. I mean, I remember reading the book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And yes. uh, I was really inspired by that book. And uh, then I started doing a, a manual calendar to try and uh, emulate some of the long-term goals and then break that down to short-term. Uh, and then they came out with this CD that we could install and it would synchronize with, um, at the time I was using mm -hmm. Microsoft Calendar. Uh, it it lasted about two weeks and it was just such a, it was so painful to use and it was just so hard. And and now we've got apps on our phone and their phones are with us all the time. It does seem that we should be able to integrate these apps like Lyft, you know, and all these habit forming apps that we have, integrate them into some kind of bigger goal. Yeah. And Lyft, I think Lyft is trying to, to attack this problem. That's, it's a, that's a really interesting app and I've been following them. Um, and then there's another one called Optimize Me that I was playing with, but nobody's nobody's cracked the code on that yet, as far as I've seen. Yeah, one that comes close, but, and we've actually. Kind of yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, well, the one that comes close is uh, the uh, app Everest, and we've got a future episode with the co-founder of uh, Everest, and you can actually, um, you know, put those goals in, and then uh, set yourself milestones, and then physically put those in. Um, but I think it's getting there, but it doesn't do exactly what the sort of thing you're talking about, where it just it, it dissects each uh, step and uh, then 
you know, manage to, manages to amalgamate the whole thing towards a bigger goal. Yeah, I, I played with Everest about a year ago. I haven't, I haven't played with it recently, so I should play with that again. I mean, it's really neat. It's this, all these, these companies are going after the same realization, which is that we have all this data now that can really help us optimize our lives, optimize our happiness, optimize our health, our productivity. And how do we, how do we take that realization and that data and put it into an experience that's just easy and seamless and, that, and is fun to use? And whoever solves that is going to make a billion dollars, I think. <laughs> will change the world. Now, Will, you have the opportunity here on this show to change somebody's life. And it may see, I mean, you're doing that clearly already with the uh, the app. You're changing a lot of people's lives um, because uh, when you have a baby, as I've known, I've got twin boys, it changes your life uh, completely uh, and for the, for the better. Uh, but in terms of someone who's sitting, listening to this right now in a job that they don't like, and listening to you, would you be able to talk us through what it's like to be a co-founder? Talk us through your average day, the things that you get up to. And, and I think that would be so inspirational because uh, I think, you know, a lot of us do want to uh, emulate what it's like to be a co-founder of a successful app. Sure. Um, well, it's not as glamorous as I thought it would be when I started. Uh, I think that a lot of people... We, we read about the, these successful startups like Whisper and uh, the latest one, I can't remember, Yo, I think it's called, that where they, you know, they, they spend a few hours, they write the app, they release it, it goes bonkers and gets millions of downloads and they go and raise millions of dollars. And we get this idea from the outside that it's a very glamorous lifestyle being an entrepreneur. And um, I would say it's, it can't, I mean, it's not glamorous. It has its ups and downs. The ups are very high and the lows are very low. So that's that's what I've noticed is some days everything will go right. You know, we'll have record downloads. We got called by a big Japanese company who wants to do business with us. We'll get some investor to write us a check, and it'll just be we'll all be on top of the world, and and it'll feel like we're really accomplishing what we set out to do, and we're going to change the world, and we're going to have an effect on millions of people. And then there's days when everything goes to shit. Like you you get. It, we got a warning from our email service provider the other day and, and you know, our developer, our development is late or whatever, and somebody quits or some new person's not working out. And so those lows are really low because being a co-founder, being a CEO is a very lonely job. Uh, you can't go to your team and complain about how everything's not working. You have to, you have to keep your spirits high and, and be the person who's going to see the ship through the stormy weather. So that's the first thing I'd say. Uh, the other thing I would say is it feels great to be directing my own destiny as a CEO and as a founder. You know, if, if we fail, I can own that. If we succeed wildly, I'll be able to own that too. So that feels really nice. And after doing this, I think for a few years, I'm no longer qualified to have a job. Um, and so probably I'll be doing this forever. And, and I like that because I like taking ownership of the, the results and the effects that I have in the world, even though there is a large amount of luck involved. Uh, but whatever portion of it is not luck, I'll be able to own, and that feels good. Well, that was very inspirational to me. I mean, uh, what you've said, a lot of it I, I resonate with completely. I mean, my daily routine, I actually have my uh, recording of me 
uh, talking about that I am responsible for my own future, my own uh, security and comfort. And uh, I don't have to rely on a government or a company to pay me. And, you know, a lot of us uh, do have to rely on companies and uh, we uh, unfortunately then become somewhat slaves to the system. And uh, I think I'm attracted to the idea of the the co-founder being free to choose their own destiny and to own the success and the failures that you have going forward. But also uh, I'm grateful that you shared that it, it is a roller coaster because we do get somewhat attracted by these big stories and, and literally the episode just before you was exactly the same thing from this the, the co-founder uh, which which is that you have some extremely high highs and then some real lows and it's uh, every day you know it's a complete roller coaster and I think we have to really emphasize that and, and push that message out uh, just so that it's real and authentic to, to anyone who's thinking about quitting their job and, and having this uh, this rock star lifestyle which doesn't actually end up being a rock star <laughs> lifestyle. It's not. It's a lot of email, you know, which is not very glamorous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. At least you can, uh, well, we've got some co-founders of uh, email apps that can help you out there. Inky being one and Square yes. One Mail being the other. And um, we've had them on the show and uh, they're really trying to solve the problem of email and uh, email overload. Great. Um, before, so we're getting towards the end, Will, and it's such a shame because I could talk to you for, for ages. I, mean, I just think you've got so much interesting stuff going on with um, with, with Kandara and all the, the great stuff that's going on. Have you got any parting guidance that you can think of that we haven't talked about that uh, you'd like to share with the Appster tribe? Hmm. Well, I think there's talking about quitting a job and going into business or creating something, I just think there's so much human potential in the world and that human potential can be unlocked in a job uh, or it can be unlocked by doing your own thing. And my experience is I've had some jobs in the past where I really felt like my potential was being unlocked and was being used. And I've had some jobs where I really felt the opposite. And so, so I think that everyone wants to realize their potential and to, to find something that really makes them passionate and that they can feel alive doing. And that's been my journey is to try and figure out what do I feel alive doing and do more of that and do less of the stuff that has me not feel alive and passionate. So that's what I would say is, is find what makes you come alive and, and creating new things is something that I've always been interested in. And regardless of our success or failure, I think I'll always be doing that. And so so I think those would be my parting words, Paul. Well, well, I was, I was thinking in terms of all the feedback you must get from your users, um, you know, you mentioned that uh, you had the stadium full of uh, new babies that have result, resulted from your app. And I can imagine just like how joyous that must feel. Uh, I mean, it is the most, um, just the most life-changing thing when your wife is pregnant and then has kids. And you witness that. And if there was an app that helped us do that, then I can imagine that you would get a very beautiful email written by me or my wife to say how thankful we are. And so I'm hoping that you're recording all those and putting that into a folder and uh, then eventually um, maybe putting that up on the wall to look at every day and, and to look at the lives that you must be affecting. Yeah, we share them at our weekly meeting every week. That kind of keeps us going through the lows. Uh, so, Will, how how yeah. best how best can we reach out and connect with you? What's the best way of getting in touch? Uh, my email is will w i l l at kindara k i n d a r a dot com. So, yeah, if anybody wants to email me, please feel free. 
and um, Kandara is at, at Kandara.com. So uh, I'm there on the team page. Great. Well, you sound like a, a wonderful co-founder and we wish you all the best with Kandara. You're really making a change in the world. I, I can't wait for the app to expand and uh, go, go maybe move into some of the non-Western countries and the places in the world where women really do need to be empowered. Um, but it, as a, in the meantime, it just leaves me to say thank you for joining us on the App Guide podcast and uh, you're welcome back anytime and we'd love to track your success and, and uh, see how it goes. Great. Thanks so much, Paul. I'd love to come back and uh, good luck with the show and uh, I'll be tuning in from here on in. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.